In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Well, hello, everybody. David Pridham and Brad Sheaf back here. Uh, of course, as always, we mean business. And Brad, I think somebody is watching us. I've been going around the house. We, we've obviously got the alarm system up in light of the alien invasion that's going on. Um, and we've got all the window breaks ready in case an alien tries to get in the house. But I've been patrolling for a while. We patrolled the big uh, We Mean Business IP Frequently headquarters. We've got uh, constant patrols. People are getting bitten, Brad. People are going rapid. They're going insane. Um, and uh, indeed, someone, maybe many people are are watching us. Yeah, no, there's no question at this point, we can't go a day in this country without shooting something down. Or attempting to shoot something down. And buddy, the tough part is not locking up the house. I mean, you can lock up the house, you can you can do your patrols, you know, very regulated every 20 minutes, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it's covering the airspace over the house that's tough. I mean, that is the tough part. Now you can probably get a good deal on some gently used Russian anti-air defenses at this point, and you may want to do that. But the problem will be the airspace. Yep. I mean, I, I think that is clearly an issue. Of course, I've got a drone and that is uh, certainly keeping us clear over here. Plus, of course, we've always got people don't realize this, but we've got IPedia constantly in motion uh, above the Earth's atmosphere, just constantly moving laser enabled. It's going to tractor beam, Brad. Um, so uh, you and I have an extra level of protection that other people, normal, normal, common people, some of the listeners of our show uh, that they don't have, they're not afforded. Yeah. No, best just to come to the studio and be part of the live audience. And then you're under the IPedia umbrella and yeah, get yourself in here. Plenty of room. Everybody's comfortable. We are enjoying, of course, good eighties music and, you know, safe and sound. Save it sound indeed. Everyone today is going to be headed a hot pocket on the way in and a tuna melt, a tuna melt brad on the way out. So everyone's excited about excited about that. And of course, um, one of the things we like to do is it, as you know, and as everyone out there knows, we are in the process of transitioning the entire operation, everything, uh, over to the good folks at iHeart Radio. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously there are some bitter feelings at uh the places we're leaving behind the folks at Salem uh, podcast uh, network and uh, the, the good folks at the cable radio network who are apparently seeking some reimbursement for some of the cable radios that have been built to house the historic versions of this show. And we're in the middle of negotiations on that. And, and one of the theories, Brad, about this alien invasion is people are coming back because those those cable radios that have been built across the heartland to uh, tune into our big show 
on Saturday mornings, those are actually transmitting uh, signal into outer space. And the aliens are trying to come to the Earth uh, because they have their eight by uh, five cards with uh, everything laminated uh, to come down and show people at the water cooler how smart they are as they parrot back what we've been saying in a language that is not translatable, Brad, into English. No, that's correct. I mean, only an alien. You can tell an alien because he has an eight by five card. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen one of those. But hopefully once we, um, you know, we transition over to the iHeartRadio, it will resolve this issue. Everybody can shut down their uh, very powerful cable radios and just go with a more modern iHeartRadio. I'm less concerned about that just for you and me personally, buddy. I'm less concerned about the aliens than I am about the stakes that they're putting up uh, in and around the Salem podcast network. I mean, they have burned Mm -hmm. more than a few witches at those things. They don't look happy about us transitioning over to iHeartRadio. So, you know, the sprinkler system in the studio has been checked and tested just in case things get a little out of hand. But yeah, I mean, going forward, I, I don't know when we're going to actually make that transition. Is that something that, that, you know, is that happening soon? According to our uh, big time representative in Hollywood, Steve Syatt, we are in the process of doing that very thing. Now there are people working on it. There are teams of people mm-hmm. negotiating. There are some of the highest rated uh, graphics people putting together the website. Um, and uh, it, it's in the works is all I can tell you. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but I do know this. I do know this. I am not planning on going back to Salem anytime soon. No. Yeah, that's that's the best bet. Uh, and of course, you can learn more about us and the transition, the long road to iHeartRadio on our website, ipfrequently.com. Uh, please follow us on Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok, the MySpace, the Facebook at IP underscore frequently. Uh, of course, Brad, we start out every one of these great shows, including those on the CRN cable radio network, um, where we tell people the news they need what they need right now as they're going into the office and people need to know more than ever what to say to their coworkers, because some of the conversations that are going on are pretty awful. And um, the reality is we know much more about uh, what's going on at, at, at the heart of this country than anyone else. We will give you the ammunition to go in and have the perfect conversation and actually be able to out debate your peers at the water cooler, Brad. And, um, That's the purpose of this opening segment, to give you the news you can use in a format that you can then employ to show up your coworkers at the water cooler or or Brad at the happy hour. Either one. Doesn't matter. First, Brad, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl took place this week. There were some awful calls. It was really the worst halftime show I've ever, ever seen. Ever seen. Really? That's saying something. There was some bad halftime shows. I mean, Herb Alpert used to play the trumpet at halftime, and that was better than the show. So the show wasn't good. Um, uh, And and the commercials were were okay. The game was not bad. I mean, the officiating, as always, sucks, and they screwed the Patriots this year. We know that. Um, But it seems like the biggest controversy of all is this new fat shaming controversy that's coming out of the Super Bowl, where apparently – Terry Bradshaw, who won four Super Bowls of his own and who also is somewhat fat, um, told uh, fat uh, Kansas City coach Andy Reid to, quote, waddle over here and have a cheeseburger on us after the uh, after the Super Bowl. And uh, apparently Andrew Re- Andy Reid was upset. Uh, all of the Internet is uh, is upset. 
And uh, it looks like Terry Bradshaw's job is hanging on by a string. I guess the question, Brad, at the outset is, should uh, Terry Bradshaw be forced to apologize or is this okay? Well, I I think the question is, did Andy Reid do it? Did he have the cheeseburger? Did he take the bait? Well, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Well, I've seen Andy Reid as well. And so, yeah, well, I mean, that would be my point. I mean, isn't truth an absolute defense? I mean, if you invite a gentleman such as Andy Reid over to, you know, your area, as it were, and offer him a cheeseburger and he takes it, then I think at that point you're, you know, out of the woods. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bradshaw care. I mean, what does that guy care? I mean, I think one of the great things about him is he just doesn't care. So yeah, he's got a, he's got a ton of money. And, and I guess he also suggested during the interview that Andy Reid was quote getting on in years, which he, he is, I mean, yeah, also true, but listen, you give, let's just talk. Let's just talk reality here. If you give me Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to win the Super Bowl as a coach. That is going to happen. Well, if you have a Patrick Mahomes, B Travis Kelsey, who inexplicably, buddy, I do not, I truly don't understand this. Cover Travis Kelsey. He cannot be impossible to get. The guy doesn't pop in and out of existence at different places on the field. How no defensive coordinator schemes to cover that guy, I don't know. But if you have Mahomes, you have Kelsey, and you have some side judge who is going to call defensive holding, which for those of you scoring at home, not only gives you the five yards, but an automatic first down at that position, the super essentially sealing what would have otherwise potentially been a great ending to the game, then yes, you are absolutely going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I mean, it seemed like to me, and again, I'm, I'm unbiased. I didn't have a dog in this hunt or fight. Is a dog in a fight or the hunt? I believe it's a dog in the hunt or a rooster in the fight. I didn't have a rooster in this cockfight or whatever it is. Um, although I don't think they do that anymore. I think that too has been banned, but I, I, uh, the officiating was just awful. I don't like the commissioner and he's over there hugging people and mugging for the camera. And then the other thing I would say that I noticed, and I don't know if you noticed this, but the commissioner was sitting with the guy, um, the, the safety from Buffalo who recently had the cardiac arrest and then was revived and brought back. Oh, yeah, and, I, I didn't realize he was there. Yeah. Oh, he, he was there sitting next to him and he had this, he had this jacket on that, um, you know, had a picture of like SpongeBob, square pants on a cross with a crown of thorns and with some, you know, anti, um, who did the, 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 the guy from the, the, the bills, he had this, this shirt on from SpongeBob crucifix going, I mean, but it was like this anti-religion message. Um, uh, it, it was just, it was just uh, inappropriate. And he knew he was going to be viewed by millions of people sitting next to the commissioner. Um, but, but it just, just really poor form. Well, I did not know any of that, but the way you describe it does, in fact, fall into the category of poor, perhaps very poor form. Like, you know, when they give you those stupid web surveys, you know, one to five and, you know, a one is very poor and a five is, you know, very strong. This would be a one. Yeah. And it was not a good it was just not a good um, not a good look. And I, I don't know what the message is the guy is trying to convey, but obviously he's very blessed that he's even here. And uh, uh, it just seemed to be somewhat, somewhat foolish. But listen, the, the Super Bowl, I guess, is is really where the, uh, the the foolish get together. And we saw a lot of that with uh, with the ads. We saw that with the entertainment. But I will say this. The best part of the uh, of the of the game to me was the national anthem. Did you like that? 
Oh, it was amazing. I've never heard of that guy. So, I mean, I, I want to come out and say that when they put him on and they said, you know, he's five-time Grammy winner or whatever he is, Chris Stapleton, right? I, I had never heard of him. So I was like, well, who is this guy? So I was not predisposed to enjoy it. I, I, to my knowledge, I've never heard of him. His music, I presume he's a country Western guy. I don't typically listen to that. And so, but you know, I didn't know what to expect from him. It was really good. And I thought that was, it was Fox, right? I think Fox who was covering it did a good job of, you know, showing the impact that that was having, you know, with the players, with the coaches around the stadium and the guy who, again, I've never heard of, he's apparently an Oscar winner who did the American sign language thing. He did a good job of that. So yeah, that, that may have been the best part of the game. Yeah. I didn't understand the sign language at all, but the, the Stapleton was amazing. And he little known fact was a backup first baseman, Dave Stapleton for the Red Sox, 1986 world series. Huh? We'll see. Yeah. All things you don't know. If he had come in the game, Buckner wouldn't have let the ball go through his legs. And then none of the history would be altered. My friend altered. Yeah. No, but Buckner should have gotten down on one knee like they teach you in Little League. I mean, come on. It's one of the first things you do every season in Little League is you do those ground ball drills. And if you're not down on one knee, the coach is going to bark at you. Get down. Yep. Right. So what a moron. Anyway, yeah. Brad, let's take a break. We've we've covered a lot here. There are a lot of people who are going to have cramps in their writing hands because some aliens, too, probably are just doing this telepathically. They're just making their notes on their eight by five index card. Um, again, is it unusual? The shape? Yes. But you don't know alien culture, Brad. You don't know what they do. You don't know. No, I don't. That's why they call them aliens. Next, Brad, uh, one of the things we like to do is give people advice. And uh, I give you uh, recent uh, studies by uh, the consumer experts at uh, CHOICE, C-H-O-I-C-E, which is uh, an acronym for a uh, uh, consumer organization um, that uh, recently the folks at choice have come out and they've given people the life saving advice of what uh, you should keep in the fridge and what you should keep out of the fridge, like foods, foods. Um, and, and this is something you can use too, Brad. So if you want to take this down, you, you don't have to be ashamed of it, but uh, just, some oh, stuff I am. Uh, I'm currently taking it down. Keep talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is going to be helpful too to any of those extraterrestrials out there because you're you're on a long space journey, or maybe it's just a time warp. Maybe you're caught in some sort of a strange tractor beam that uh, is uh, leading you into a world of intellectual property, the likes of which you've never seen. Maybe you have better technology than the tractor beam. I don't know, but I can tell you this: it's going to be uh, it's going to be helpful. So keep in the fridge. Here's some some foods you need to keep in the fridge. Soft bananas. Did you know that, Brad? Soft bananas need to be in the fridge. Well, what, happens, what happens if you don't put them in the fridge? They turn brown and then they attract bugs. Yeah, at that point, you you put them in the garbage. Yeah, mm-hmm. would, would be that would be my play. But and then I mean, and I guess refrigerator is fine. Refrigerator is fine. Then then apparently a soft avocado needs to stay in the fridge, but a hard avocado needs to stay out of the fridge. And a hard banana, Brad, a green banana. Mm-hmm. Out of the fr- out of the fridge. Apples at all times out of the fridge. All times. Really? Okay. Basil stays out of the fridge, right? Yep. Very important to know where to put your basil. Berries stay out of the fridge, but why would you? I, I don't think that's right because then they just get mushy. Yeah. So far, I, I this I, I'm I'm having a hard time with this list. But anyway, let's proceed. Coriander. Stays coriander. in the fr- stays What's in the fridge. Coriander. Coriander. 
Is the that spice. a spice? The spice. It stays in the okay. fridge. Coriander stays in the fridge. Okay. Salt in the spice and, drawer. Yeah, salt and pepper stays out of the fridge, unless you want cold salt. <laughs> okay. Uh, chocolate? Yes. What do you think? Well, I have never once put chocolate. Whoa, whoa wait a minute. Ah. Are, we talking about, are we talking about chocolate syrup, like a Hershey's syrup? Or are we talking about like a chocolate bar or a chip or some, you know, solid form of chocolate? Well, it's, I, I think they're talking about the solid form of the uh, chocolate. Yeah, I, I have a I will admit to have occasionally put a chocolate bar in the freezer because I think that's good. A nice, you know, icy cold chunk of chocolate on a hot day is a tasty treat. But I don't think I've ever put a solid form of any kind of chocolate, milk, dark, et cetera. I don't believe I've put that in the refrigerator. I uh, yeah, they're, they're saying that needs to stay out. So if you would do you want to take a minute? We'll go to have that removed from your freezer now. No, no, no. I like it in the freezer, but I wouldn't put it in the refrigerator. Yeah. Again, the people at choice are saying that's inappropriate. <laughs> so is that the definition? So it's not whether it's right or wrong or healthy or unhealthy. It's just whether it's appropriate or inappropriate. You can't say that anymore. They're saying it needs to come out. OK. Uh, tomatoes are, of course, out of the fridge. That's a no brainer. Honey out of the fridge. Hot food. <laughs> Hot food needs to stay out of the fridge until it's cold, which begs a question. It's a chicken and egg thing. It's a yeah, chicken it's, and egg it's, thing. It's, it does indeed, but there's going to be a lot of people standing in their kitchen for hours with a slack look on their face trying to figure that out. Somewhere out there in the galaxy, there's this ET looking guy or gal yeah. or non-binary non-binary exactly who's like standing there with a tupperware full of like veal piccata and looking at the fridge looking at the micro look at the fridge looking at the the fridge and their starship yeah and they're frozen in place because now we've given them an impossible task you know it could be brad it could be because i as you know i was out at dealey plaza this past weekend investigating and we'll have pictures of that up on the social media but it could be if i'm listening to this and i'm an alien right and suddenly I am like all caught up in this. Where does the hot food go? And do I actually put mint in the fridge or out of the fridge? Mm. Um, I, I wonder if you don't listen as, as you get just just down into the rabbit hole of this show. If you start wondering if this show is some sort of conspiracy against the extraterrestrial having a good meal. It could be. I mean, there's folks who believe there's a conspiracy for everything. Mm-hmm. And so if aliens are going to have a good meal. Then that begs the question as to what kind of a conspiracy could you wrap around an alien enjoying a veal piccata? And this would be it. When do you put the veal piccata in the fridge? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No one knows. Not only does no one know, but then the, then the question is, well, wait a minute. Uh, are we just trying to lure them to Lombardi so they can be captured? I mean, that could be. Yeah, they walk in there innocently with their eight by five card in hand because they've been listening and they try to order veal piccata, but they don't have that sound in mm-hmm. their language. And so it's incredibly difficult. And they wind up just going with like a chicken piccata, yeah. which is fine, which is fine. And, you know, the next thing you know, there's, uh, you know, was a Will Smith with his, uh, you know, men in black thing going on there. James then, Comey jumps out of the corner with like a big, a big net. <laughs> in which he would entangle himself, fall over and the aliens would get away. Got him. Got him. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's me. That's my hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, so I don't know. I mean, I've obviously been on both sides. I mean, I I could actually be convinced now that this is some sort of conspiracy. You know, maybe you and I aren't goods. 
I don't know. We could. Well, you and I are definitely in cahoots. About what is the question? That's the mystery. And that's yeah. why people keep tuning in. Uh, next, Brad, of course, there is a lot of time. You and I have alluded to it already, although we covered the more important stories. But uh, there's a lot of talk about an alien invasion going on in the United States right now. Um, and obviously, why? well, I mean, listen, listen, okay. there are UFOs all over the place. Right. They're they all are from China. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you look at uh, uh, just sort of a, a summary of what is uh, what is happening and you have to really pick and choose where you get your news on this because it's difficult to uh, uh, it's difficult to, uh, to to say who is telling the truth and who is not. But uh, there are uh, all sorts of UFO sightings going on. There are briefings going on. Uh, there are these. Uh, obviously balloons being shot down over the Atlantic. There are these tic-tac looking UFOs being shot down over Lake Huron. Uh, other uh, things being intercepted over Alaska. We don't know what they are. And when the uh, Pentagon is asked uh, about whether or not these are alien in nature, uh, they are saying that they don't have enough uh, information to detail whether some of these unidentified objects are truly extraterrestrial. They're out of this world. They were created somewhere other than earth by uh, a race trying to take over the earth for its natural resources, and then to eventually kill all the human beings on the earth and take the planet for their own. Mm, well, that's a lot. There's a lot going on there. It's a lot mm. to break down there, my friend. And I, you know, I always struggle with the idea that aliens would construct ships sort of shaped like a small mint candy that was popular in the 70s. I mean, isn't there a better form factor than that? My guess is going to be China all day long here, buddy. I'm not I'm not super concerned about the aliens. I think this is, you know, China just sort of openly mocking what they see as a very weak administration in the United States and just lofting various and sundry pinatas party balloons, weather balloons, streamers of different types, kites, all sorts of things just, you know, to get us to expend half million dollar missiles on all of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, sh we're, we're shooting a lot of um, expensive uh, missiles into these items. I mean, if you look at the timeline, Brad, just the last couple of weeks, uh, February 1st, the Chinese weather balloon is spotted above Mon Montana. Um, it was not yeah. a UFO. It was immediately identified as a Chinese balloon. And then within three days, it was shot down over the uh, off the coast of South Carolina. Once it traversed the entire country, then we decided yeah. to go ahead and put it in the drink. Yeah. Transmitting back God knows what. Uh, right. On Thursday, February 9th, the first UFO is detected off the coast mm -hmm. of northern Alaska. What's interesting here is they call it a UFO. They're not calling it a Chinese anything. They're saying it's a UFO of unknown origin. Uh, that is then shot down above the town of Dead Horse, Alaska. Of course, Dead Inspiring. Horse. It's a, it's the uh, home to the Dead Horse Bulls, who are three-time uh, Alaska State uh, bull roping champions. Uh, February 11th, just one day later, a second UFO is shot down over Mayo in the Yukon in Canada. The FAA then shut down the airspace over the state of Montana, citing another possible UFO. Then NORAD hours later said that that was just a, a radar anomaly. And then finally, Brad, on February 12th, uh, a third UFO was detected and shot down. Your over birthday, the, buddy. My birthday over there. Yeah. No coincidence. I think not over no. the uh, uh, Great Lake, Lake Huron, which is named after Emperor Huron. Um, and it was shot down. Uh, so, um, Brad, it seems like 
when we see a Chinese balloon, we know we can call it a Chinese balloon. But uh, what are all these other things that we're shooting down and why are they calling them UFOs? And why is it that when the Pentagon is asked about this, they're saying they can't rule out uh, uh, alien activity? Why is that? Well, one, I think it's because the Chinese learned their lesson and did not put made in China in giant block letters on the second and subsequent objects that they that they have sent over our airspace. That was just too easy. And then I think the Pentagon can't comment on much because they're incredibly worried about the what the white supremacists serving in our military might say about it. Right. Not everyone has yet had the chance to have their 20 hours of, you know, evil whiteism training yet. And so they're very focused on that. And as a result, there's just no one there who's got the time to really check into these things. And so on one level, I appreciate the honesty of the Pentagon coming out and saying, well, we really don't know what the hell we're doing or what these things are, why we're shooting at them or any of that. Um, but on the other hand, it's disturbing that they can't you know, seem to get their eye on the ball or the balloon or the kite or whatever the case may be. And, you know, get a sense of, of what is happening over our airspace. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, so obviously we have the Pentagon and they're sort of hedging. Uh, we also have the White House. And of course, Brad, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Is that her name? Yeah. Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Who, who, the other, who the other day referred to Canada as Canadia during a press conference mm-hmm. about this. Uh, when asked if this uh, if these objects were from an alien um, uh, race or an alien place or both. Uh, Mm -hmm. She said, quote, there is no indication of extraterrestrial activity, but we can't rule it out. Um, So this is the this is the White House, um, Brad. This is the White House press secretary who who, who granted is a moron. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's a dope. Yeah, she is a moron. But uh, she's the one the White House is putting out on this stuff. And of course, we have a president who. For the last 20 some odd years, the president has gone on, whoever it is, at the halftime of the Super Bowl and done an interview with the network televising the Super Bowl. For the first time in 20 years, that didn't happen because obviously the president can't stay up that late. But um, in addition to that, and and of course, if he were if he were um, if he were interviewed, he would just say, look, 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 just over and over again. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, he hasn't taken questions in months. So we now have a bunch of people believing that we're being invaded from a foreign planet. Right. Right. Don't know which one. Don't know which one. Um, And the president is silent about it. And he's using as his mouthpiece a git at the Pentagon and then a total moron at the White House who's saying we can't rule out extraterrestrial activity. And maybe we can't. Yeah, but I mean, we are always going to be our own worst enemies. Right? I mean, that is you—you you have nothing to fear from an alien, because even if they did take over the planet, the odds that they would be worse rulers is next to zero, right? And and why in the world would you, if you're the White House, the Pentagon, would you, when someone says, "Hey, do you think this might be alien technology?" Just look at them and just go, "Why would I think that?" Right. So let, let me get this straight question, Asker. You think that these aliens have the ability at a minimum to achieve interplanetary travel? Okay. So at a minimum, if they're inside the solar system, 
or you know, interstellar travel if they're not inside the solar system. And then when they get here, one of our F-16s, I mean, God bless them, but that's 1970s technology, shoots it down. Okay. Does that make any sense to anybody that, that I'm able to shoot over here from another star? No problem. I got my veal piccata in the fridge. I figured that out. And then when I get here, I, suddenly some, some 1970s aircraft flown by an air national guardsman just shoots down, you know, my whole operation. Come on, stop it. Well, here's the other thing that I find somewhat bizarre about really this whole thing. Um, so we, you know, go the last you know, few years, we have our radar settings and NORAD and all that. And then we see this huge balloon, right? The size of three school buses that, you know, anyone can see in the sky. And then suddenly NORAD decides to make adjustments to what it calls a domain awareness gap in its radar system. Um, because, I'm just to quote. Ah, what they the said. domain awareness gap. Saying the that saying the radar surveillance filters uh, weren't set to detect objects flying either slowly or at unexpected altitudes. Um, so they made these changes. And now since those changes were made in light of the balloon flying at 60,000 feet, we get the um, uh, all these new UFO sightings that were then shooting down with multi-million dollar missiles. And so, uh, but, but, but I mean, if that's really the case, and it took this foolish balloon coming over from China um, for us to make those changes, what else are we missing? Oh, what other adjustments? Anybody, do we who knows? Make? I mean, think about that for a second. Think, you're in NORAD, right? You're the general in charge of NORAD. You're like, hey, you can't be. Ah, what are the adversaries doing sneaking around? You're supposed to invade us according to this set of rules. We have a domain awareness program. You're supposed to come in fast and you're supposed to do it at 40,000 feet. How are we supposed to do our jobs if you people are sneaking around? Yeah. And I, and listen, I, um, one of the things I'm planning on doing this week is getting my family, loading them into a sprinter van and driving to the mountains. Uh, of course, the biggest issue I have is I don't have a coat. Do I choose to freeze to death, which is obviously what I'm choosing? Um, or do I uh, just figure it out? Next, Brad, uh, the big guy, we, we like to give people an update on where we are vis-a-vis 2024. 2024, of course, is the year of our next presidential election. We just talked about the fact that this um, current alien invasion from outer space, not from the southern border, could impact the uh, re-election chances of President Biden and Vice President Kamala. Um, uh, and and so obviously people are, try- are starting to jockey for position. Um uh, to potentially take the mantle of Democratic nominee to re- oppose the Republicans. And one of one such person is Pete Buttigieg, the uh, uh, Secretary of Transportation, who was given that job, even though he had no experience whatsoever in uh, that regard. And when, when people look at, at, at Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, who is the um, former mayor of Southern Bend, South Bend, Louisiana, Indiana, um, they say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. He he is the uh, transportation secretary. You should judge someone based on their uh, history. He, of course, was the transportation secretary during the worst um, supply chain crisis caused in part by terrible 
uh, shipping, planning, terrible port management um, by the Secretary of Transportation. He is also overseeing the absolute worst last couple of years in airline travel and delays and cancellations with an airline uh, system, uh, tracking system, flight tracking system that is antiquated. And he probably realizes this, too, that he's got some problems. So now he has come out, Brad, strongly saying that with regard to some of the problems with train travel, across this country. He is blaming the construction or the lack thereof of new tracks and saying that uh, these construction companies are, quote, employing too many white people and not uh, branching out to people of color. Uh, and and uh, basically that uh, that is the uh, big, uh, big problem, not hiring workers. And I quote, who look like the communities they're building for as opposed to just white people. Um, so there it is, Brad. It's a, it seems like a mixed bag at best for Mayor Pete, but uh, is he better than uh, President Biden? Is he, a, is he a viable choice for the uh, presidency of the United? Of course, he's got a great husband, and apparently they have children. Um, so that's nice, a good family man. Uh, what, what do you think, Brad? Well, I mean, obviously, he's a complete, you know, jackass, and, but, but you've known that, right? And, and you got to tip the cap. Because he's figured out that all I have to do is say, look, I'm not Joe Biden, right? And and better, I'm not Kamala Harris. And he has already bumped himself up two spots on the Democratic scorecard, right? So if, if he just wears around a T-shirt with a picture of Joe Biden and a picture of Kamala Harris, and, the, and on that T-shirt, it simply says, I'm neither of these two people, he has bumped himself up two spots on the old scorecard. Now, he is clearly... An idiot, right? I mean, you would think you would need to know that if you're going to want a train to go somewhere, it requires tracks. That's sort of just one of the the things about trains, right? It's not true of every form of transportation. You don't often hear about ship tracks. You don't often hear about car tracks. But every time you talk about trains, somewhere in that conversation is going to come up the topic of tracks. So the fact that he hasn't built enough of those would seem to be his key problem. But then again, you, you know, you, you do have to, you do have to appreciate his savviness and feeling out, figuring out that Whitey kid does has just no business laying train tracks, right? I mean, that's not something that, you know, based, you can just look at someone based solely on the color of their skin and say, that person is not going to be able to build a train track. Of course, that's only true if that person is white, but if they are, then you can look at them and immediately say, no, 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 stay away from the tracks. That's not going to work. We need people who look more like the community that we are building these train tracks in. And therefore, apparently none of those train tracks are in the United States um, because, you know, for better or for worse, and I guess it's for worse, if you're Pete Buttigieg, there, there are, you know, white people all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. A, he, he, he was out there giving this speech talking about the lack of, um, diversity and construction companies and too many white people having jobs. Uh, All the while, there was a big train derailment in Ohio that caused some serious um, pollution to take place. I guess there was was almost like a mushroom cloud over um, parts of East Palestine, Ohio, where there was a huge train derailment. And he hadn't even mentioned that. He He hadn't tweeted about it, talked about it, given a press conference about it, talked about the problems with our rail system. Instead, He's on another track, no pun intended, talking about the fact that white people have too many jobs. Um, again, focused on all the wrong things. He knows he's white. 
Do you think anyone has stopped him and said, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Secretary, but you're actually holding down a fairly high paying job and you happen to be white. Did, does, has anyone mentioned that or does he just get a pass on that? Well, I mean, I don't know if he is white, Brad. He could be a, a, a native an in, Indian. Um, he could. Uh, well, he looks as in Indian as Elizabeth Warren does. So I mean, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Indians, Brad, do you know that uh, we now have the first uh person other than Donald Trump to get into the Republican uh, 2024 uh, sweepstakes, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Oh, did she uh, jump on in there? She has she, very white teeth, my friend. She's incredibly, white. strangely white teeth. She's yes. uh, was in the cabinet of President Trump, but she has jumped in. She said she's running for president, calling for a new generation uh, of uh, leadership. And uh, of course, the former governor of South Carolina, she is the, quote, proud daughter of Indian immigrants to this country. In response, former President Donald Trump said, and I quote, doing great in poll numbers, leading all Republicans by a lot, also leading Biden by a very wide margin, which means that our weaponized injustice department, local DAs, prosecutors and attorneys general will step up their illegal and unprecedented attacks on me in order to disparage me and my family with false statements. But be careful. The American people get it. And they don't like what they are seeing. MAGA. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brad. Next COVID quarter is back. At this point, uh, Brad, we do have some uh, we do have some issues to discuss. Um, the bird flu is making a comeback, and uh, the bird flu may it may um, result in an unprecedented outbreak uh, sweeping two human beings. Uh, the uh, the thought uh, among top scientists, Brad, is that it could uh, result in the death of 50% of the human population that uh, catch the bird flu. Um, and this is all about the unprecedented outbreak, unprecedented outbreak uh, where the bird flu, which is just ravaging the UK. We remember talking about the queen when she was still alive and about how her collection of peacocks was devastated by the bird mm-hmm. flu. Well, now mm-hmm. it's spread in the UK to a couple of foxes and a mink. Uh, So uh, it's a problem. It sparked concern. And uh, what people are saying is, look, uh, this could uh, suddenly spread to humans. And when it does, it's Johnny bar the doors. Yeah. Well, I am looking forward to the day when we're over this, right? I mean, obviously people have discovered, Hey, this is, this is the thing. If I want to open my mouth and have people pay attention to me, this is what I have to say if I am running a large media outlet and I, I have to have people click in order to get paid because no one buys a magazine, no one buys a newspaper, that, that whole business model is over. It's all about getting people to click. If I threaten them with a pandemic, you know, the end of the world via a virus, then you know that'll do it. Right. And so I, I am just look, can we just move on to something else? I, I don't care what it is. Hurricanes forest fires, tornadoes, invasion of small but vicious chipmunks. I I just don't care what it is. I'm sick and tired of the, hey, we're all going to die because of this next virus. Viruses were here long before humans were. They are likely to be here long after humans are gone. We have yet to be wiped out by one of them. The odds of us being the generation that is, is extremely low. So let's just move on to the chipmunks. I, for one, am ready. So you're so it doesn't seem like you have the same level of concern that the uh, good folks 
at the um, World Health uh, for Animals organization, the W-H-O-A-H, have, WOA. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, are these the same scientists that told us we were all going to die from COVID and we needed 29 shots Woo. in order to prevent it? I'm not, I'm not, I'm done listening to those people. Bring on again, bring on the chipmunks. Well, Brad, uh, you'll get your wish. Let's go to uh, uh, the Walt Disney company. Of course, they've been going through all sorts of issues with their shareholders. They've got Bob Iger back in charge. uh, And now their newest series called the proud family louder and prouder. It is a woke uh, series that airs on, uh, uh, Disney. It's a it's a woke uh, what appears to be cartoon cartoon series uh, geared towards kids based on the uh, 1619 uh, project, which is this uh, historically inaccurate project that promotes yeah, completely made up mm-hmm. crap. Well, and in, in this new proud family, louder and prouder on Disney, it's on streaming on the Disney uh, Plus uh, channel. Um, you have sort of a hyper woke approach to um uh, white fragility, whiteness. Um, you actually uh, see on a recent episode of the show, a black character. He's uh, clearly frustrated with uh, white people. And he is uh, uh, explaining the concept of white fragility to his white male spouse, white male spouse, uh, and teaches uh, the spouse on the show, the white male spouse, Brad, uh, about the uh, Robin D'Angelo 1619 project and how white fragility is a big problem and how you need reparations, reparations uh, to uh, make this all right. And I guess this would result in the white male spouse paying his black male spouse some form of spousal support within the marriage to repair for the past injustices that they had done to one another. Yeah, that all makes perfect sense to me. Carry on. I think it's great that our kids are watching this on Disney Plus under a PGG rating. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's that is the way it should be. See that this is this is good stuff. I I have said before. I will say again. Keep it up. If if you are on the left, keep it up because you are wearing out your welcome. People are you know people who were initially inclined as most Americans are. I mean, again, I know it's very gauche at this point in our society to actually like America and to like Americans. But I have the benefit of having been all around the world and immersed in a number of different cultures. And I can tell you that by and large, Americans are good people. Okay. I'm not saying everybody else isn't, but I am telling you that Americans are good people. And so many of us were inclined when the initial, you know, woke thing happened to, you know, do some self-examination and say, okay, you know, where, where might I, my thinking have gone wrong? Where might my behavior have gone wrong? You know, what am I missing here? But once you started burning down cities and preaching to us that, that it's okay to, you know, identify one group of people by their skin color and denigrate them, but not another group of people by their skin color and denigrate that. Once you started down that road, then most of us were like, well, you know, wait a minute. This is, you know, not really what we're trying to do here. And so keep it up. Right, because this is going to get parents focused when their kid starts, you know, repeating this back to them. And hey, where did you hear this? Oh, on Disney. That's great. Mm-hmm. Let's turn that off. It's also a good opportunity to hone your parenting skills if you are listening to this. And so, I, again, I just say for all of those reasons, keep it up. 
Well, listen, Brad, in a recent episode of this uh, this big proud family show, um, the show's character discover that their town was built by slaves and then give a presentation to the school uh, in rap form, explaining it. And during that same episode, the, the characters, and they're mostly black except for the white husband, apparently. I've not seen this, full disclosure, I've not. Um, they uh, decide that Abraham Lincoln, Brad, Abraham Lincoln, Uncle Abe, Honest Abe, mm. Uh, had no desire to end slavery. In fact, he was indifferent on the subject. And so they stage a petition on this cartoon that's marketed towards kids uh, to get his statue removed from the local uh, local town hall. And then during the same episode, they have white people walking around with signs hanging around their necks saying, quote, still not atoned. So I wonder, is this the type of um, program we want our kids to be watching? Well, again, if your kid is watching it and you are not aware of it, then you are failing the parental test. Get get back in there and see if you can do better. If your kid is watching it and you are aware of it and you want your kid to watch it, then go ahead. That is your prerogative. And you will have to continue to raise that child to the best of your ability. I wish you the very best of luck with that. I mean, again, Disney seems bound and determined to drive one of the great business brands in the world into the ground. And literally, speaking of children, any child could have run the Disney organization if they had just you know, been on brand. Um, but you know, the folks in charge there seem unwilling to stay there. So good luck to them. Again, the invisible hand of the marketplace, whether you like it or not, will take effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I guess I guess that's it. I mean, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I mean, you know, terrible terrible guy very selfish very focused on his own uh, you know his own his own well-being and uh, it must be great buddy it must be great to just be able to make up any history you want and just say it yeah you know what i guess uh i guess it um it is i i i can only I shudder to think what these aliens are going to say when they get here and we have the lincoln memorial being taken down um, but look, par for the course. It's OK. Cultures go through dynamic shifts. New paradigms emerge. And when ultimately we are ruled by extraterrestrials, um, we're going to get what's coming to us. And I guarantee you this, Brad, I guarantee you there will be some changes to the uh, to the tax code under the aliens. Oh, for sure. And almost certainly for the better, buddy. So, I, you know, at this point, this whole program has just convinced me that I should walk outside and create a little banner that says, hey, aliens, come on down. And regardless of what the aliens do, buddy, regardless, we will be right back here next week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.